Hi, this is Scott Ware of the Wherewithal podcast, coming to you from the Radiance Magazine offices in Body Studios, Anaheim. I'm the publisher and editor of Radiance Magazine, Integrative Wellness at its Best, founded over 600 locations in Southern California, which explores all forms of wellness and emotional healing that can lead to physical healing and clarity with our life purpose. My guest today is certified clinical hypnotherapist and ICF certified life coach, Daniel Alexa, who has just named Redondo Beach's favorite hypnotherapist, and who tell us how we're already using hypnotherapy in our lives, and maybe let's harness that, and how a little hypnotherapy can get you on the prosperity track quickly. But first, do you have stress overload? Network Spinal Analysis by Dr. Tara Rasta is a gentle, vibrational, and profound form of chiropractic that activates the kundalini energy housed in your spine to create the ease that your body needs to unwind organically and step up into a healthier state of functioning and possibility. I've seen Dr. Tara. She's incredible. She's got a great manner. She's great technique. Uh, for a free consultation, just give her a call, 714-679-8608, or go to drtararasta.com, D-R-T-A-R-A-R-A-S-T-A.com. Now, you love experiences. You love blockbuster 3D movies, theme park rides, music festivals, concerts. Now, you can experience more and go deeper with a mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional experience because of the Radiance Experience, which will be debuting in the September-October issue of Radiance Magazine. What is this? What it is is a one-on-one, one-of-a-kind, high-impact session with a trained experience expert who delivers the experience of a lifetime. So what you want to do, there's four steps. Choose the Radiance Experience that feels like the right fit for you. Step two, call the number to book it. Step three, enjoy your experience session. And then step four, review it on Yelp. And you can go to radiancemagazine.org for more information on that. And Daniel Alexa will have something to say about the Radiance experience he is offering. Okay, now, hypnotherapist and life coach Daniel Alexa is the author of The Pessimist Guide to Manifesting and Practical, excuse me, What is the correct title of that? A Pessimist Guide to Manifesting. There we go. Thank you. And he's also the vice president of the Long Beach chapter of the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he's your friendly life coach, Daniel Lexa. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here, Scott. Yeah. Thanks for coming. So you, um, and let's talk about that, the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. What is that that you're a part of? It is an organization that was founded by a woman named Camille Leon who is uh, in the Los Angeles area, North Los Angeles area. And she had a vision a few years ago to create an organization for holistic practitioners because they, those of us who come from a, from a caring, giving space tend not to be good business people. And we <laughs> don't know how to be in business because we want to give and care and give our, give our um, energy to others. But if and not charge and uh, not charge, yeah, this is a gift. I have to give it away. I can't earn money for that. There's there's these limiting beliefs around earning money mm-hmm. that in some way it's a bad thing. It's not holistic enough. Um, and so this organization is about 
helping holistic practitioners, whatever holistic means, to be and learn to be better business people so that they can earn a living doing what they're doing, what they're called to do, living their purpose, and be able to stay in practice. Because if they're not earning money to stay in practice, they're going to be unable to share their light with the world and help bring the healing about. Makes sense. Yeah, there's just... There's that feeling, like you said, because it's coming from the heart. Told us this isn't something we're used to charging for um, more tangible goods, if you will. But but we know when the people come out of these appointments, I mean, not only is there a a different look on their face, there's a glow. uh, Perhaps they're moving easier, even physically, because something was uh, removed uh, energetically or emotionally. Yes. And frequently their life is is changed in a positive way. Very much so. I see that both with with my coaching practice and with my hypnotherapy practice. And I've experienced it working with different energetic healers, with acupuncturists. There is a perceptible shift and not that there's anything wrong with Western medicine, that it has its place, but there's also this idea that we have energetic blocks because everything in our body eventually comes down to energy. And if we can clear the flow of that movement, whether it's tied up emotions whether it's muscle stress, muscle stress is nothing more than bound up energy. If we can free that and get it flowing again, there's a major impact on the mental and physical well-being of the person. Okay, so before we get into how hypnotherapy can help with that, let's talk a little bit more about, because a lot of people don't even understand that there's these energetic blocks in our body Mm -hmm. that are trapping things, that are blocking things. I mean, obviously, something isn't blocking our blood. Our blood is still flowing, and um, but... What is being stopped or slowed down by these other blockages? How did they get there? What does science say about them even? How they got there could vary. It could, from my perspective, from my practice, it could be a belief that was impressed in the person at a very young age Hmm. by a figure of authority, be it a parent or a family member or maybe a teacher. And if you think about, I'm trying to think how to phrase this the best way. The, the gentleman who ran, who runs the school in Florida where I, I got my hypnotherapy training said it really well when we were doing our clinical training. And he said, the person, the client isn't angry because they have an ulcer. They have an ulcer because they're angry. Sure. So that, that energy, that, that frustration, that, that energy of the emotion of anger that they're pulling down and suppressing is causing a chemical imbalance in the body. And, and this sounds spooky, but it's really not. That if you think about if, if I'm pulling this emotion down, an emotion is nothing but energy. If I'm pulling it down, it has to go somewhere. Right. And if I've got this anger, it starts to cause my stomach upset. It causes an imbalance. Maybe I'm not eating properly because of it. Maybe I'm, my um, stomach acids just start churning more because now that that energy is focused sure. into my stomach and it results in a physical manifestation well, as and, an ulcer. And the, and the people in this tribe, if you will, use the word energy like that in a way that other people aren't, aren't as familiar with. But most people can accept the fact that thoughts can cause these things. We know when we're angry, we know when we're frustrated, we start bumping into things, we start making mistakes, we start acting differently, uh, to say the least. Uh, so people can accept that, I think. And the placebo effect is is well-documented that our thoughts can create things or discharge things in our body. But it, you take it and other people take it a little step further and say, well, it's not, it's not, it's the thoughts, but the thoughts create an energy. Correct. 
Okay. Because thoughts are energy. What, what is that impulse? Energy. What is that impulse that's out there? And energy, as we know, cannot be destroyed. It has to transform or exist as it is. Where does it go from that thought? If I'm having an angry thought, where do I start feeling that in my body? Um, there's an exercise that I do with some of my clients focusing on the idea of maybe where they are at this point in their life. Maybe they're in a they're in a relationship that's frustrating and they're trying to figure out, do I stay or do I go? Mm-hmm. And I'll have them, I'll do an exercise um, called the felt sense, which is, was developed by a gentleman named Eugene Gendlin. And it's a focusing on, I'll have, I'll have them close their eyes and focus on the situation as it is. And ask them, where is that? Where is the sensation within their body from their chin to their waist? And how is it coming up? Possibly they feel a churning in their stomach. Maybe they feel their heart racing. Mm -hmm. Maybe they feel a tension in their chest. And then we'll have them open their eyes, take a deep breath and just kind of clear that off. And then imagine the other scenario where they're out of the relationship and moving forward. If they're moving forward, that, well, that, that was leading. I would just have them imagine themselves out of the relationship, whatever, whatever option B is, and do the same exercise of focusing into that space between the chin and the waist. And what typically happens is they feel freer. They feel like they can breathe more easily when they're outside of that space of frustration. Okay. And that, that helps them get a real clarity on, okay, I, I am better off. My body knows where that, how that expression is coming up in my body, your body knows, right? Our mind, our, our ego says, I can't, I shouldn't because we've been conditioned by our culture, by our family that we should or should not do certain things, but that may not be the case for what we really truly do need to do to be happy and living authentic lives. Okay. So a lot of hypnotherapy is effective many people know because so much of what we do is subconscious absolutely we're we're actually walking around in life enacting things subconsciously we don't even know why but it's there if we want to tap into it absolutely all we know generally is hmm i'd like to stop smoking i'd like to lose weight i'd like and i've I've heard that hypnotherapists can help with that i've heard there's there's a lot of success there um speak to that and 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 what is how do you approach it and what do you, what kind of a clients do you attract? What are they looking for? Most of my clients are people who are in, in most cases on an entrepreneurial track, they're trying to better their lives. And I think maybe it's because that's my path as well, that I, I moved from being in corporate to becoming an entrepreneur. Then you're attracting. So I'm attracting the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have, they tend to have a limiting belief around, I can't do this, I shouldn't do this, or they're self-sabotaging because somewhere in their life, they, they have a thought percolating back in their subconscious that if I'm affluent, if I'm rich, then I must be a bad person. Right. And I've, I've had a number and of that blocks the money from coming, the prosperity the money. Mm-hmm. and whether it's whether or abundance it, in any form. Right. And whether that's coming up as self-sabotaging behavior that they get to a certain level and then they back off or they do something stupid and then the money goes away or the clients go away. That's, that's the stuff that I help them through because we don't always know that limiting belief is there. We're just acting it out. And until we go in and talk to that part that is, that has that belief that, Oh, if you're, if you're rich, you must be a bad person. You must have cheated somebody to get there and understand where it came from and where it started doing that job for us. Because, our parts are never trying to hurt us. They're always trying to help. 
some of them stopped growing somewhere along the line, and they're acting out a pattern that may have been helpful and protective when we were five, six, seven, 10, 12 years old. But now in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s or older, it's not functioning anymore as an adult. It was helpful as a yeah. child, but not as an adult. Well, it's interesting because you think as you get older, you get, you figure more things out and you don't think you're going to have certain problems or certain challenges, but they come up. Mm-hmm. Life is interesting that way. And it, and as you get older, you almost think, well, I don't know if I need to seek help. Um, I, I did that before and I, I sought help. I got it. And now I'm an adult and I should have it figured out, but people shouldn't have a, a problem seeking help, right? Absolutely not. That's, that's why we're all here. And if there's a feeling If someone is going through life and they're at a point where they're feeling angst, they're feeling stressed about where they are in the moment, that's a really clear sign that it's time to look and see what the gap is. Because if they were happy Mm -hmm. with what was going on in life, there would obviously be no need to change. Right. But if there's something that's causing a feeling of stress or anxiety, that means there's a gap between where they are and where they see themselves being or where they feel themselves being that what is that ideal life that I want to live and coaching and hypnotherapy can help close that gap and put the, put the pieces into the bridge to bridge the gap. And and that's interesting you say, because a lot of people, there's some people out there who definitely know there's something they want, they're not getting it and they're looking for a way to fix it. Quote Mm -hmm. unquote. But there's other people who are just, they've accepted. This is just the way life is. It doesn't get any better than this, but, but I'm yeah, I'm unhappy or I'm, or I'm uh, eating things or drinking things I shouldn't be in, in amounts I shouldn't be, or I'm, I'm take, taking part in this or that activity that probably isn't in my best interest. Absolutely. Um, that those I- people aren't used to checking in and saying, you know, maybe there's something I should do. They're just sort of moving along, moving towards pleasure and away from pain. And the- what would you say to those people? What message would you give people who, if you're not happy, hmm. if you feel stressed, if something doesn't feel right in your life, it is Daniel and it's time to get, <laughs> it's time to look into it. Yeah. We, and as, as you were saying that, that idea that it just doesn't get any better than this, that's other people's crap and other people's story that they've taken on because mm. I see all my friends who are, they're just miserable. They're, they're either married or single and they have this story and we're, we're drawn to people who are like us right. and maybe some of those people are toxic. And as we get into moving into where we see ourselves being, we tend to fall back into old behaviors. And if we're taking on the stories of others, because maybe we saw our parents living a miserable life, our friends around us live a miserable life. So that must mean that life is just miserable and I can't do anything better. Right. But then how many other people are out there living wonderful lives? The only difference between the two points of view is a point of view. Ah, a perspective. So if you look at the basis of neurolinguistic programming, NLP, if anybody has been able to do something, you can do it too. If you map the steps, follow the process, you can get there too. Mm. Yeah, essentially, Tony Robbins, when he got started, he was he was doing NLP as uh, was started by um, Bandler and Grinder. Just follow the process. You can. You don't have to be miserable. You're not here on this planet to be miserable. You're here to be happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, and you're also a life coach. So it sounds like you use those principles in your life coaching. So you're, you're, people are coming to you for hypnotherapy, you're using those techniques. And then you're saying, okay, now that we've freed you up from these blockages, now I have this other skill set that's going to help just 
catapult you into a better life. Yeah, we can navigate forward because the um, the idea behind coaching is that the client is okay. Mm. No matter where they are and what they're feeling, they're okay. They have forgotten most likely their power and their strength because they've bought into this limiting story. Yeah. And once through the coaching model as done by the International Coach Federation, coaching is very much a questioning model that puts the responsibility and the empowerment into the hands of the client. It's not about me prescribing a solution and saying, oh, you should just go do that. Right. I don't know that. I don't know what's right for the client, but right. they do. Right. And when I'm teaching, I, I teach for uh, the Life Coach Institute of Orange County. And I'll talk about it in class. It's like, if you think about when you were growing up mm -hmm. and you wanted to do something, and you knew that most likely your mom would say yes and your dad would say no. Right. You went to the person you knew would say yes to do the easiest path forward. And then, you, yeah, you go to your dad and say, hey, yeah, mom said I could already go do this. And you were out the door running. Right. <laughs> the, even as an adult, we know that. Uh -huh. Our body knows. We know the right answer. But we've been conditioned by our culture, maybe by those friends who aren't moving forward who say, well, I don't see you doing that. I, you know, it just doesn't seem like you to, to go out and start your own business. That's their stuff that they're imposing yeah. onto the client. It's interesting. Rather than follow what's inside of us that's truest and most authentic, we want to make sure we're loved and accepted by our tribe, by other people. And, that, and that's stronger. Yeah, It can be it because can we're be. not trained to be the other way. Right. And we, we surround ourselves with those people who are limited. And then when we start to move out of it, find finding our own internal truth yes. to move forward, there's the schism between that desire as a human being to be surrounded by a tribe and a culture. Mm. I'm stepping out on my own now. Now I'm a lone wolf in some ways until I find that new tribe. Right. And surround myself with those people who are supporting That's my a leap new of way faith. of being. Very much a leap of faith. Unless you found a few, mm -hmm. and generally you, you can do that, or yeah. on social media, that that's easier done. And in your one of the posts that I saw on social media with you recently, you talk about uh, a whole new you mm -hmm. can be arrived at, achieved. Yes. And what is is that uh, challenging to some people? Like, well, I don't want to change me. What would you say to that? I would say if you look at yourself like a house, this, this is the, the metaphor that comes to me. It's not necessarily that you are changing the house, but what would it be like if you repainted or redecorated? You're not, be, you're not changing who you are other than that you are becoming happier. And in some ways, I, I almost hesitate to use the word more presentable, but more balanced and more whole in who you really are as opposed to who other people say you are sure, or who other people think you are. Right. What are those companies called that? Oh, staging, right. When they stage homes yeah. should be better staged, maybe. Yes. Yeah. More in <laughs> touch with, with who you really are and what, what's your purpose. Again, that whole idea of a, there's a schism. If I'm not feeling good about where I am in life, right. There's a disconnect and I need to figure out, what is it that makes me happy and how will I be happy? Okay. You have some really good testimonials on your site. Tons of them have people writing, you know, whole chapters almost. Um, turns out Daniel uh, was able to work magic, turning our conversation into something not only fantastic, but had so much depth to it. I felt like he read my mind, but better. It was beyond anything I could put into words myself. 
Daniel is no doubt doing what he was called to do. Are you? I am. Yeah, How long have you known that? Um, I would say five years, almost five years now that I've been doing this. It, when I And the only way I can really describe this was a moment of universal alignment that drew me to hypnotherapy. Okay. And when I was... I was working in a job where I was miserable. I was working in corporate sales and marketing, and I had spent 15 years working for three different family-owned companies, and I had the wrong last name at every one of them because it was not the family name. So right. my, my contribution was not weighed in the same way that the family contribution As, And you tried to marry into it, but just didn't work. Okay. Yeah, just didn't. They, they said they wanted to do one thing, but then when the actual time came, since it wasn't their idea, it was different than anything they'd done before, the ideas got shut down. Sure. And the, the last company, I was there for seven years, and I just was at a point of burnout, was going through a divorce, had been seeing a hypnotherapist in Kansas City. So that may be why it was top of mind. And started reading a book called Black Hole Focus by a gentleman named Isaiah Henkel. And he presented this idea that... Um, I also read about in the book Blue Zones that in um, Okinawa, which is one of the blue zones in the world, that's right. There is the Okinawans do not have a word for retirement in their language, uh, but they do have a word that roughly translates to the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. So living your life with purpose. Right. And I started asking myself why I was getting up every day to go to that job that I was now hating. And the obvious answer that comes up is, oh, it was the paycheck. That was a little bit of it, but it wasn't all of it. I could get a paycheck somewhere else. What was it? And it took three weeks of asking that question every morning. And one day a client called and said, hey, we need you to come over here this afternoon. We just got this project dropped in our laps. We kind of know what we want, but we don't know how to get there. We've got a tight deadline. We know you'll know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And as I hung up the phone, there was literally a light bulb over my head. And I realized I love problem solving and I'm good at it. Mm. The more we have to negotiate the more I enjoy it. Right. And I stepped back and started asking, asking myself, where do I take that and what do I do with it? And it was in the process of preparing to move from Kansas city to Florida. Even if I had chosen to stay in print in printing in that industry, it did not exist in Naples the way it did in Kansas city. So I knew I was changing in some way. And, uh, was talking to uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, and said, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking about and thinking about hypnotherapy. And she said, look into it, see what you want to do. So I got online that night, looked into hypnotherapy training, Florida, found there is at the time one school teaching a state certified 500 hour program. And they had a satellite campus in Naples, Florida, where we were going to be living. Everything else was Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, Tampa, Orlando, and so, there's little Naples. So almost overnight, you you jumped into it. Yeah, it was very 500 much a, hours. Yeah, very much a shut up and take my money moment because the, right. I just I knew this is where I was supposed to be. Awesome. And and life coaching came after. Life coaching came after because I realized that once I had completed my hypnotherapy search and I was out meeting people, whether socially or professionally networking, when I introduced myself as a hypnotherapist. There was one of two reactions with no gray area. It was either the coolest thing they'd ever heard of, or they thought I was going to make them dance like a chicken when I shook their hand. And I wanted a way to engage that that part of the population that 
wanted help, but thought hypnotherapy was too spooky because they only knew about the, what I'll call the, the, the entertainers, the, the, the entertainment use of it, which is right. not hypnotherapy. Because people think they're, they're, they're afraid they're going to lose control. You're going to make them do things they don't want to do. Is that true? That's what they think. That's and that's the think. farthest thing from the truth. They okay. are completely in control. Okay. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's not me snapping my fingers and saying sleep now and ah. the person checking out. It is me and the client having rapport and the client feeling trust with me that not only do I understand where they are, yeah. but I understand where they want to go and I have the tools to get them there. But but they don't need to trust you that you're going to do something because that you can't do something to them. They don't want to have done. They, Absolutely right. Correct. Right. It yeah. just, okay. They, All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Yeah. And that sounds like you give people things to take home with them that they can use on their own. Yes. So when you think about the, the entertainment side of hypnosis, where the entertainer says, you don't remember anything that happens here, that's really disingenuous. And it irritates me to no end ah. when I do, when I guide people back out of that, that relaxed state, part of my count out and the suggestions in my count out are you remember this entire session, right? Because if you're coming for hypnotherapy, you're coming to process something that's been holding you back. Of course you want to remember You have to remember (laughs) it. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I see another uh, testimonial. Um, I I can say it is an, it has enhanced my quality of life and improved my drive to achieve my goals. This is something I hope everyone can experience. Um, When people, what, what can people expect? Uh, when they come see you for an appointment, is it right away? Are they put into the chair and they're in a relaxed state and no, or it's really important that we have a discussion so that I understand where they are and what their goals are so that we have a direction of where to go. Sure. Um, my sessions are two hours long. Typically in the first session, we will talk for over an hour, just like you and I are talking now before we ever go to the chair to, to have that relax into that state. Okay. Um, some sessions will be straight suggestion work where I'm recording that session and delivering positive, empowering suggestions and a visualization of where they see their life going. Should they record this as well? Um, I record it for them oh, so gotcha. to give it to them is beliefs and, and beliefs are impressed into our subconscious typically in one of two ways, either in a moment of shock mm-hmm. or through hearing the same thing and repetition over and over. Right. It can be broken down in the same way. So that, that negative internal loop that says, I'm a bad person, I can't do this, can be overcome by hearing, in particularly in the relaxed state, hearing the positive supporting of I'm able, I am, I, I am confident and collected, right. whatever those suggestions are for that client. Um, we, can, we can shift and overpower the negative so that they hear and believe in themselves more. People just, so many people don't understand how much power they really have. No, they don't. Yeah. It's incredible. Everyone's a lot of people just walking around, um, think they have, things are just this way, always this way. And they don't know that just with a few changes of point of view perspective, mm-hmm. because we're, we are told we are less than if you so look around, much. if you look around at the messages, MSN now. If you, MSN used to be, unfortunately still is, but soon not going to be, my homepage when I click on my computer. Right. As I scan through MSN now, all I'm seeing are stories about entertainers, these wonderful things like a hundred ways that, that rock stars are not like you and yeah. 50 ways you're not like the Royals. I don't care. Right. It just doesn't matter to me. Why? 
why am I being told I'm less than that? And, and how is that playing out? We, a few, about 10 years ago when the, the financial crisis was hitting and there was this idea out there that institutions were too big to fail, right? What's the opposite of too big to fail, too small to succeed. Exactly. And that was all put onto the public as a way of, oh, oh these guys are too big. We have to bail them out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Well, it's interesting you talk about people as far as what we put in is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking a look several times in my life at how many hours I spent doing X and how many hours I spent doing Y. Let's say, for instance, watching TV versus reading um soul enriching things, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was a big difference. And I, when I I did the math, I mean it, and it shows itself. And, and the more I was watching TV, I was watching even more and more. And so, yeah, like you say, I think we, we have to be more conscious. We have to wake up and just say, okay, I I need to choose more. Mm -hmm. I don't realize I've been asleep for so long and I've just been letting things choose me. Absolutely. And it, in some ways it makes sense because so many of us live our lives in that stressed place that we come home at night and we just want to check out because it's been in our face all day long. Right. So the easy thing is to do is to turn on the TV and just blank instead of doing something that's enriching. Right. And then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to expand this conversation in a way that maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) But if you think about the divisions that we see in our country right now, And going back to that idea that beliefs are impressed into the subconscious through repetition of message. Oh, yes. Whether you watch Fox News, whether you watch MSNBC or something else, our our delivery of news and entertaining news, we'll just use that term, has become so fractured that people are going to, they're not getting the opposing point of view. They're just collective within the space of, this is what I believe and well, everybody else is wrong. And not just the other networks. Um, a lot of the memes that are coming across Absolutely. from Facebook are from other countries. Yes. It's a shocking amount. Yeah. And that's a way that in, in yeah. a bizarre way, it is hypnosis. We're, yeah. we're staying in that space. That's our safe space because the, I believe this and anything outside of this field of my belief, whether it's Republican or Democrat, liberal or liberal or conservative, Anything else must be dangerous right? because right. it goes against who I tell myself I am, and it's disingenuous. But we love everybody, don't we, Daniel? I absolutely do. Absolutely. I'll meet any client where they are. Exactly. And and the key is, is and, and you know, yeah, we don't, we don't judge. We don't uh, tell people where they should go, but it's where, wherever they are, wherever they want to go next, we want to help them do that. And if they're comfortable there, that's exactly. fine with me, too. Well, they won't, be, wa- they won't yeah. be walking through your door, for exactly. example, where if they, they are. comfortable, but if, if there's a... If there's that feeling they're not where they want to be and something's wrong, I'm there to help them figure it out for them. You help eliminate negative feelings. Or reduce them, yes. Or reduce I'd, them. I'd like to say eliminate, but that's that's a pretty broad term, but I can definitely sure. them. Good, yeah. So, yeah, someone could just be walking around, you know, okay, yeah, I got a lot of negative feelings, but I don't know. That's just how life is. That's the way I've always been. Uh, but they come to see you. Thank goodness they take a step. Mm-hmm. Where would you go with them? I want to understand, I want to understand what their goals are. So let's, what would, if in an ideal day, an ideal life, what is it? Right. What, what is that vision? How do you feel when you're living 
the way you want to live? I would bet a lot of people would answer that. They would, they'd have a hard time answering that question because they haven't allowed themselves to have goals that they believe they could achieve. Yeah. And that's very true. So there's a way that I work into it because I do get that. Well, I don't know. I never really thought about it. I have kids. I have to provide for them. What else is there? Yeah. So (laughs) we'll start with where they are. What is it? What is it about this current situation? And I'll, I'll ask some very pointed questions to understand the emotions and the beliefs around the current situation. Right. When I think about when I think about this situation, I feel stressed. I, I believe that I am less than. Yes. And I'll make a list of all those negative words for emotions and beliefs. Hmm. And then we'll flip the script and I'll say, okay, rather than feeling stressed, how do you want to feel? Rather than believing you are less than, what would you like to believe about yourself? And in their words, they're now building that list of positive outcomes of what life ideally is. From there, we use those words as the template for the affirmations and suggestions and to create that vision for the ideal life that I deliver during the recording that they can listen to and connect with on a regular basis. That's awesome. So you, it's not that you're trying to pull people into so many appointments, not, not that some you know, follow-ups aren't, uh, aren't good, appropriate for some people, but you're giving them recordings they can take home, they can work on by themselves, probably exercises to do as well. Yes. That's very empowering. Yes. So you, you walk the talk. And the whole idea with, with hypnotherapy for me and, and the gentleman who runs the school in Florida, he he stated this, and I, I, I live this way myself, is that it's my job to be obsolete in my client's life as quickly as possible. So hypnosis is not a panacea. One, one meeting, one session is probably not going to do it. Sure. Three to five will probably get you there. Mm-hmm. And there was a study done by American Health Magazine, either in the late 90s or early 2000s, looking at the success outcomes of traditional talk therapy, behavior therapy, and hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. My numbers may be just a little bit off here, but they're really close. Traditional talk therapy was somewhere around 28% success rate after six, 600 sessions. So if you're <laughs> thinking about that's three years of work. Three and, times um, a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, it, if it's once a week. Oh, that's, once a week. That's okay. Three years worth of work. Right. And you're only talking 20, 28% success rate. Mm. Behavior therapy was 72 or 74% success after 22 weeks. So almost tripling the success rate and reducing the time what to falls six under, months. What's, what kind of behavior therapy? I am not a behavior therapist. So my understanding is you are actually the, the client is doing things differently. They're actually oh. embodying the shift oh, I rather than in talk therapy. They're, they're thinking about it. Sure. I'm talking. Yeah. And then with hypnotherapy, the success rate was 93% after six sessions. Wow. So a month and a half and almost 100% success. And it, if you think about how we <laughs> learn anything, all those numbers make sense. Sure. When you first sat down in a car to learn driving, you thought about the process or if you're learning to dance, you're actually thinking about I step here, I step there. Oh, if I'm, I have to put the car in gear first, and now I step on the gas very slowly until it becomes a reflective action that you're just doing. Right. And now it's so embodied down into your mind that you can just jump in the car, slap the key in the ignition, turn it on, throw it in reverse and step on the gas and never think about exactly how much force to exert in any one of those moments. Sure. Um, you teach life mastery. That's a part of what you do. How does one know, how do we know when we've mastered life and what does that person say about their life when they have, what does that sound like? I look at life mastery as an 
an outcome of the idea of manifesting an ideal life. So mastery is about being mindful, being aware, and having a level of emotional intelligence that when something happens, I don't automatically drop over into a negative emotion, thinking that the emotion controls me, right. but coming at it as an observer of the emotion that it may be absolutely appropriate that I'm angry in that moment. Right. But I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to be in control of the emotion and decide at which level on a scale of one to 10 that it's going to be expressed. Right. Maybe in that moment it needs to be expressed at a 10, but maybe it only needs an assertive number two. <laughs> well, this is interesting. I, I, uh, a friend of ours, uh, I don't know if you know her or not, uh, but she had posted that she was in a conversation on Facebook about something and, and somebody complimented her on something. And she said, yes, thanks for noticing. I, that I was, I'm modeling an exceptional life. Mm -hmm. And some people could take that as, as arrogant. You're modeling an ex you're, you're showing us how to live an exceptional life. And actually she is. Um, and right. by ex exactly. Right. And, and to be able to say that is, is an awesome thing, not an arrogant thing. Um, and I'm not saying she's living in a mansion. I'm not saying any of that, but her life is where she wants it to be. And Absolutely. that's, I would say that's a good definition. It, it's, Absolutely. It's right. When your life is where you want it to be and you're happy, that doesn't mean that things couldn't get better, that you may be an income level. If you're happy where you are, yes, that's a great place to start. There, there's an idea out there. It's a great place to appreciate. Appreciate. And that's, that's exactly where I was going. Thank <laughs> you for that. That there's, I've talked to people and there's an idea that having gratitude and appreciation for something where it is, is in some way complacency that I have to be happy for what I have because it could go away. No, you should be happy for what you have because that way you're appreciating where you are and more can come yes. rather than the, I'm not there yet and focusing on the not yet on the not there. Cause then you're always in lack. You're not appreciating Absolutely. life and you on your deathbed at that point, if you continue, that's when maybe you look back and go, Oh, I wasn't living during those moments. Not at all. Because I was always wanting something else, was always and not never appreciating what was there. And I do, you know, both of the books were written around filling in the gaps left by the secret that was all about ah. law of attraction. And and when I read it, it left me feeling like, oh, if I just wish for it, it'll happen. Right. And then it didn't happen. And I thought, well, this is a bunch of stuff. Well, tell the idea, yeah. uh, the idea that I come from there is that her expression of I'm modeling, what, what was it? I'm an exceptional life. An exceptional life. The idea of law of attraction to me is nothing more than fake it till you make it. Be who you need to be and start acting in that way rather than the I'm not there yet because then you'll never get there. You'll be functioning in that space of lack instead of I'm going to present myself in this way as though I am already that person. And then the opportunities start coming. Well, you just said your book, A Pessimist Guide to Manifesting, filled in some of the gaps, the secret left open. So yes. could you give us one of those as an example? Yeah. The biggest thing I find working with clients, and even to some degree for myself a few years ago, was that you can wish for something. You can have a vision of where you want to go in life, that, that idea that this is my ideal. But if you're not taking action to make it happen, mm -hmm. it's not going to take place. So, and an easy way to think about that is I might wish that I could win the lottery, but unless I go out and take action to buy a ticket, right? or if a lottery ticket is blowing down the street, I have to bend down and pick up, take the action to bend down and pick it up and put it in my pocket. Sure. 
it's not going to happen. So unless I put the skin in the game and show the universe that I'm willing to do the work, yep. it's not going to happen. The other side of it is if I don't believe I deserve it, it's not going to happen because I'll self-sabotage it. Unconscious thoughts. Unconscious thoughts, which brings us back around to hypnotherapy and healing the unconscious, the subconscious limiting belief. So you, your techniques allow that to bubble up to the surface so we yes. can get rid of them. Yes. And it will come up in a way that the client can handle. Our subconscious will never bring up anything that we're not ready to deal with. Sure. So. Well, maybe, that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe working with a client and they just have a wall and they don't know what's on the other side of the wall. Maybe it was a traumatic thing in their childhood. Maybe it's just something not re ready to face. Sure. By knowing the wall is there, we can talk to the wall. And why are you, what are you blocking? Can you help us understand your purpose? And just from in talking to the block, we may know enough that we can circumvent it. So that's interesting. The wall, does the wall have a consciousness? If you think of the wall as a part of us, because there's mm -hmm. a part of us protecting us right. from this memory. Yes, the wall does. So, have, it, ha so it has a voice at least. Yes. Interesting. And I've, I've, I've had clients talking to those walls, those obstacles, and it's been fascinating. And illuminating. It sounds like uh, freeing. Yes, very. Because now it's... It's on the table and they, they start to come to a, a place where they are more aware of what they've been protecting themselves from. And now they can let go of it. Talking to the wall. That's great. <laughs> I mean, Better than talking to the hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and the wall talks back. That's what's important and gives up it, the information you need to dissolve it. Yeah. I had a, had a gentleman was working with him about a year ago and as we're processing through the session, he came to a wall, literally came to a wall. Mm. And we talked about it a little bit. How would you, what would you like to do with it? And he like, let's climb over it. So he suddenly there was a ladder there available to him to climb over it. Right. As he propped the ladder against the wall, showing that he was ready to climb over it, the wall disappeared. Now wow. he was on this full open plane with absolute unlimited potential in front of him. Wow. It was a powerful moment and he, his body shifted perceptively in that moment where he had been even in the relaxed state of hypnosis, he was just a little tense coming up against mm -hmm. this barrier. And not that he was hypertense, but you could see in his body language, his muscles were just a little tight. And when that wall went away, his shoulders relaxed down, his, his shoulders fell back into the chair mm. and his face relaxed and he, he was breathing deeper and more calmly. Was this in like a third or fourth session or this was uh, session number two, I believe. Oh, probably didn't need you much more after too much more after that. No, he was in good shape after that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's another testimonial. Dan not only made me feel comfortable enough to open up about my fears and insecurities, but he did it in a judgment free zone and always replies with high gain questions that make me think about a situation in a way I wouldn't have ever seen it on my own. What's a high gain question? I'm not sure how that person is particularly using it, but what I would see it as is a, a question that opens them to thinking about the situation in a new way, possibly. And I'm thinking right in the moment of a coaching question that mm -hmm. it's a wonderful go-to in coaching of what would happen if you didn't? So the client is there, they're, they're talking about moving forward. What would happen if you didn't take that action or right. what would happen if you did? And now they have to 
hypothetically think about what's the string of events that happens if I make decision A and where does it go? And what's, what are the string of events if I make decision B and where does it go? And then how do they feel about those two outcomes? That to me is a high gain question. Okay. That's interesting. So you can help people stop smoking. Are, are there still smokers out there? There are still smokers out there. And strangely enough, I don't do many smokers. Okay. And I think part of that is originally, you know, think even 10 years ago, smoking and weight loss were probably the foundations of hypnotherapy, most practices. <laughs> sure. And as our culture has ostracized smokers more and more, those who are still smokers it is such a part of their identity that they are most likely resistant to changing. Sure. So until there's a moment of, I have to quit because my health is at risk right? and choosing between a habit and health, they may come at that point. Maybe. But right now I, I yeah. don't see, I don't see many. I actually made a, um, a how to become a non-smoker recording that's available on my website for people who want to. Mm. And it's, it doesn't sell that often. So, sure. you know, it, and I, I use that language very carefully that it's not about quitting. It's not about stopping. Cause even though they are giving up something that is a negative habit, that's hurting them. There is a stigma to the word quit yeah. and a stigma to the word stop it. Oh, I'm a quitter. I must be bad if I'm a quitter. That's right. So I frame it as become a non-smoker because if you talk to someone who never smoked, it's not that they quit or they never started. They uh, are a non-smoker. The mindset to get to is I am a non-smoker. It's a different perspective. Okay. Is there an exercise um, you could lead us through for a few minutes um, uh, to perform self-hypnosis on ourselves for maybe for well-being or to eat healthier or anything? Is there any practice you like to give people as a demonstration of what you do? Or I think it would be difficult in this media. Okay. Particularly if someone is listening in the car, I wouldn't want to oh, good point. induce that just in case they weren't, <laughs> they weren't aware and they missed sure. it. Um, but even if, if the listener takes a few moments, any point during the day mm -hmm. and sits quietly, in a quiet space, maybe with some soft music playing or maybe some nature sounds. Or at least mute the TV. Or mute the TV. <laughs> exactly. And close your eyes and take a few really deep breaths, really breathing deep down with your diaphragm and allowing yourself to relax. As you exhale, just think the word relax. That's part of my induction when I'm working with a hypnotherapy client. We do three deep breaths like that before I go to the next level of induction. But it's a wonderfully freeing and centering space because mm -hmm. breathing is the only system in the body that is both sympathetic and parasympathetic. So when we're in a moment of stress, our breathing automatically goes shallow and fast. Yep. If we're feeling stressed because of work or something else, it's not that we're in our safety is in dire straits. It's just, we have this mental idea that we might get fired tomorrow. Oh my God, this report's due. Right. If we stop, and start taking those slow, deep breaths, what we're doing is overriding that stress response by telling the body it's okay, or telling the mind, it's okay, I got this, you can stop now. So breath is, you know, is something we both ways. is controlled for us and we can control, control it. it. Yes. And it and can make all the difference when we 
seize that control. Yes. Is it, it gives us the ability to get clear of that loop and start observing it that, okay, yeah, the report's due in two hours. We can get it done. But if we're, if we are fun, if we are working on it in that stress of, oh my God, will I, do I have enough time? You may or may not get it done. But if you clear and start working on it with, with a clear set saying, I will, ha- I can, I can handle this. It's all good. It'll happen. One of the last questions I want to ask you is about in on your website, you talk about how essentially, you know, the secrets to the life systems out there to how things flow. I want to ask you about that. What, what can you say about that briefly? And why isn't that taught more? What are those life systems? Are they laws? Some of them are laws like, like I address in the book, there are, there are the 21 laws of creating and manifesting that are out there and how they work together mm. in, again, believing you're deserving, taking the action. The, the way that comment is on my website is I, 20, 30 years ago, and I hate to say I'm that old, uh, one of my mentors mentioned in my presence that I, he was talking to someone else and he said, Dan just sees systems. He sees how things work. Ah. And I think that's where the idea of problem solving comes in for me as well. That when I I have an innate ability and a natural ability just to understand how one action leads to another consequence and how changing that action may lead to another consequence. And it's not that I impose that on a client, but it gives me an ability to see a larger picture for them that they may not be seeing. Mm -hmm. And then in my questioning, it gives me a place from which to ask those questions to open up that field for them because they may, particularly a coaching client, they may be in that fog of saying, I have to live my life a certain way and life is always miserable. It can't be any better. Yes, it can. What would it be like if, and so we start building it. So is there, there's a, a system of like, like highways and, but people can't find the on-ramp maybe and you help them find the on-ramp. Very much so. Okay. And it's funny you use that, that analogy. That's something else I talk about when I'm teaching and it's in, it's in the book as well. The idea of our mental, emotional GPS, that how many times have, I know I've done it in my past, you may have done it. And we've certainly heard people say it, that Mm. they, they want to do something. They want to, maybe they want to start their own business. Maybe they want to um, change a relationship and they'll say, I wish I would have done this 30 years ago or I wish I would have done this mm. 10 years ago. Or I wish I would have known. Yeah. Well, that's great to wish, but it's not going to change anything because you're not, you can't go back 10 or 20 or 30 and, years. And there's only ever the present moment. Right. And you're here now. Mm-hmm. So if we get stuck in that, I wish I would have, it's the same as dragging yourself back. Dra- well, okay. dragging ourselves back, but not starting from an authentic place. If you think, ah. if you think about if we're, if we're here in Los Angeles, let's say we want to drive to Chicago. We're going to put in our location. We're going to say, I want to go to Chicago. And our GPS is going to give us a generally easterly, northeasterly path. Mm -hmm. But if we say, you know, I really wish I was driving from New York instead because I love driving across upstate New York. It's beautiful. Fall colors are going to be coming in a few weeks. It'll just be so relaxing. I, I prefer that to driving across the desert. And we go and we change our coordinates to say New York as our starting point. Yes. And we start driving generally westward. Sure. In a very short period of time, we're going to be cold and wet in the Pacific Ocean and miserable. Right. But that's what people do 
when they say, I really wish I would have done this 10, 20 years ago, they're starting from a false point instead of, I wasn't ready for it then. That same information may have come across their, their field of vision, their, their field of awareness 10, 20, 30 years ago. They weren't ready for it in that moment. They're ready for it now as they have grown to become the person they are. And now it's the time to move forward. And because all of this is happening in our unconscious and until the time comes when in the future sometime we can walk into a kiosk that says, read your unconscious thoughts as this will display it to you. Um, hypnotherapy is a, seeing a hypnotherapist is a good way to go. It's very helpful. It's very freeing and very insightful. And what, tell me briefly how people feel uh, when they're having their last session with you, whether it's the second one or the fifth one or. They feel empowered. They feel happier lighter. Um, I think of a client that I just worked with who was um, a non-traditional student going back to school and struggling with a class. And she came to me to get help with the class. Mm -hmm. And she sent me a message after her final that was a week after our last session together. And she passed the class. She got over a B mm -hmm. on her final after really having a hard time working through the class, doing all the right things doing all the work she needed to do, but was having a mental block around saying, I don't understand this. Okay. And it was that, that self-talk of, I don't understand that was reinforcing the, I don't understand. Sure. And when we reframed it and modeled the behavior differently, she opened up, had a much easier time getting through the quizzes and then passed the class so that she can move forward. Awesome. And I imagine other people have felt freedom, relief, Yes, uh, much calmer emotionally, being clear on their life, um, being, the only way I can really say is being free of limiting energies. Um, mm. And I don't want that to sound too strange, but we take on, and when we take on the beliefs of other people and buy into what other people think about it, in a way we're taking on their energy. Mm. And when we get clear of my parents never told me I could never do that, or my friends don't believe in me when you get clear of those stories and start to find your own story, that's powerful and supportive being who you are authentically, it's very empowering. How can people reach you and make appointments with you? They can reach me through my website, which is danieloxa.com, O L E X A, or they can reach me on the phone, which is 310-746-5929. Awesome. Anything you want to share in, in closing about what, uh, how hypnotherapy can help people out there? It is a wonderful tool if you if you are interested and willing to explore the space. Um, mm -hmm. I don't force it on anyone. That it in a very short period of time, typically three to five six sessions, will change the way you look at yourself and look at the world, and help you to be empowered to be successful and live the life that you are interested in. Essentially, being your whole new you. So it's almost like what if there's this amazing life out there for you that you're not living. Wouldn't you like to know about it? Exactly. Exactly. Is that, is that a good ad for you right there? That's a very good ad for me. And <laughs> if you have a picture of what that life is, if you have an idea mm. of it in your head, that's the life you can be living. Because one of the other principles in a un universe of pure potentiality, anything that you dream of can be made real. Mm. So what would it take for you to be able to live that vision of an ideal life? How do you get out of your own way? Awesome. Thank you for being on the podcast, Daniel. Thank you. I appreciate it, Scott. It was wonderful.
Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Catch you later.